0: Welcome to the Bill Spadia Show on demand. Don't forget to subscribe and follow this show so you'll never miss a minute. New
1: Bill Spadia is compensated for commercial and nonprofit appearances. Coming up on 610 on New Jersey 101.5. Good morning. I am Bill Spadia with you till 10 o'clock this morning. Talking Jersey, taking your calls, 1-800-283-101.5 is my number. I want to thank Parks Casino and Sportsbook for sponsoring Chime Time every morning, every hour on the show. All right, Dan, not that bad out this morning. Is spring here? Are we done? (laughs) Are we done? There is a little chill in the air this morning. I see you
2: wearing the vest. Yeah, I mean, it
1: was, it just, it felt, you know what, it felt normal. I walked out, I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. the vest is appropriate, but I'm not chilly, I'm not freezing, it's, it was fine.
2: And there's the difference between 20s and 30s. We're yeah. mainly in the 30s yeah. this morning, so there you go. So, but 60? 60. And that's later today? Uh, yeah, that's this is going to be the third day of 2024 where we hit 60 plus in New Jersey. There were a couple other freak yeah. occurrences earlier, uh, but uh, today and tomorrow both, we're looking at a nice warm 60. So, spring, I
1: feel like it's here. It's
2: um, no, does Now, does this mean the groundhog was right? Well, I'll never admit that.
1: <laughs> um, you know, but really, we, no, no big weather ahead.
2: No, uh, we talked about it yesterday. Yeah. There's really no snow in sight. I think there's still an opportunity in mid-March for things to turn again. But I mean, the warmer it gets, the warmer it stays, the warmer the ground gets. So that's going to make snow yeah. sticking more difficult. The water's going to get warmer. So uh, the the chances of another winter storm are, are rapidly dwindling here. It doesn't mean we're going to stay spring for the duration. I mean, it's going to get cold again on right. Thursday. Uh, But then we warm right back up again. It's it's this wavy kind of spring-like pattern that's starting to develop. So what about, as much as
1: I hate these uh, long, rainy days, do we have any of that next week? Um...
2: You know, tomorrow's not going to be a nice day, but it's not going to rain all day. I I think there's going to be like a batch of showers in the morning and then the big push of rain later on. Um, In terms of like a washout like you're talking about, I don't think so. Uh, There'll be some like April showers kind of activity, even though it's only February. (laughs) February, April showers, right. Got it. Got it. Um, But uh, no no big, heavy, you know, soaking rains that'll that'll wash out your plans necessarily.
1: Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. So Eric, did you see
2: they saw, they found a head
1: in Manchester? Yes. Did I read that correctly yes. and they couldn't find the body? Correct. I'm probably saying this way too light uh for 6:10 uh, in the morning. Um but it was was it a skull? So presumably this person has been deceased for years or was it uh like I read that quickly in Dan
3: Alexander's note and I'm like wait a minute, I got to ask Eric about that. Yeah, we're very early in the um investigation process but it was described initially that they had found a skull so presumably this was not uh, yeah. somebody who had passed recently but you know all of that is also dependent upon weather conditions and you know the forensics will now go to work to try to figure out like, uh, you know who this is i mean it, it, it how may... fast could that take well, the decomposition it... to lose the flesh and the hair and the variables on that are are buried. Was it in a moist environment? Was it in a dry environment? Yeah. Was it left in the open? Was it buried? I mean, it, decomp can usually happen rapidly within, you know, I mean, right down to bone, probably within, with the right conditions, six months. Okay. You know, uh, it, it's but, you know, beyond that, um, you know there really isn't a whole lot that we know, and who found the skull was it some dude walking his dog like look at this i don 't know if he was walking his dog, but yeah it was it was one of those things where you know out walking hey what's that and yeah that's what that was,
1: God, I, was I was it got me thinking that you know what's the the things that you discover on your walks and I remember um we were at a literally game, and uh, there was a huge severed Leg of a deer Mm. that was sitting Mm -hmm. near the dugout, and the kids were completely fascinated by this. And then we had the deer head in my backyard a few years back that uh, the dog retrieved. Remember Remember that? That yeah. The the uh, Cali grabbed the the uh, and I (laughs) remember. Michael's like Cali's killed the fox. I'm like I don't think that's a fox. fox. (laughs) (laughs) It was the clean severed right. Somebody somebody tossed it in my backyard. That was nice. Oh yeah. It's uh, so anyway. It got me thinking, but uh, so they have not applied this to a missing person or anything not like so that. So
3: the first step probably will be um, dental records. You know, they'll they'll try to identify uh, dental records first, yeah. um, and then they'll do you know the forensic scientists will get to work on um, you know removing bits of bone, seeing if there's something they can get DNA off of, see if it matches a description, and then ultimately if none of that works out. Uh, then they will attempt to do a facial reconstruction so that they can have an idea. Right now, we don't even know if it was uh, male or female. Uh, oh, wow. You know, so we're that was, early. Yeah. I mean, it I was, wonder if you're, you're, and I remember this as a kid
1: watching the guys with the metal detectors mm-hmm. sweeping the beaches. I oh, wonder yeah. if you're going to get the
3: scavengers out there today. So well, not today be, because that's it's a crime scene, so that's I mean, can't was go near it. Right yeah, there was a massive police response yesterday. Um, you know, and, and that's pretty that section of Manchester along Route 70. That's pretty busy through there. Yeah, um, but you know they were they were combing that area yesterday, trying to see if they could find the rest of the body. That's an investigation that will that will continue. So yeah. they yeah, you know the looky loos won't get anywhere near that for yeah. a while yet. But that was what I was thinking. I'm like, that's what you're going to see. The guys at the metal detectors looking for the guy's watch, right? yeah <laughs> see what what the, what was left well, behind and, and that is part of the forensic investigation right i mean yeah. they will they will do that you know through there but as of right now you know so the the process is is you know it'll be identified as as evidence it is human remains it's treated with uh respect and then it is brought to um a uh, coroner or usually coroner is called coroner will actually arrange to have it transported then it will go into uh forensics department and then the the forensics team will go after it and eventually you know, they may need to bring in a forensic anthrop- anthropologist that specializes yeah. in bone. I mean, there, the amount, the there's this myth now that because everybody watches CSI and all these things that within 24 hours, they'll have an answer. It's it, just not the case. No, it's not the case. It takes yeah. weeks and months in many cases. The computer to, can't to just that. instantly build a face around it. I'm like, oh right. my God, that's, uh, yeah. that's Jeff. Yeah. I so wondered it, what happened to him. Yeah, so I don't <laughs> think you're going to hear anything, you know, specific for a while yet. All right, so question is, What's
1: the most bizarre thing you have encountered walking your dog, walking down? Have you ever found remains like that? It's, uh, God, it's got to be a little bit jarring once you realize and your brain wraps your head around, no pun intended, that they were human remains. 1-800-283-101.5 is my number. 616 is the time. Traffic on by the next row. 622 on New Jersey, 101.5. Good morning. I am Bill Spadia. With you until ten o'clock this morning, talking Jersey, taking your calls one 1015 So they found a skull off of Route seventy in Manchester Ocean County, right near uh, Pemberton. Um, yeah, I guess you could think of it as a little bit gross, and it got me thinking. What have you found walking by? I mean, I I think about um, you know we found that we had the deer leg at the Little League field of I don't know this a long time ago, fifteen years ago maybe. Um and then we had I had the deer head in my backyard. I've never discovered human remains though. How about you? Have you ever uh, found something odd like that while you're out walking? Let's go to Nick in Pemberton. So Nick, you uh you live down the road, huh?
4: Yeah. Actually my wife was going down the road yesterday and saw all the black cars on the side of the road and yeah. stuff and must have been the investigation and uh it turns out it's that, and I just found out now, and it's pretty crazy to know. I hunt in those woods; I find deer sheds all the time. We ride mountain bikes in those woods, and it's just—it's—it's yeah. it's weird to know that somebody. They,
5: they, like, who found, like did somebody find it? Like, did somebody. Yes, yeah, so, apparently,
1: it? someone was walking and found it. and I, I don't know if they were walking their dog or if it was uh, someone got a tip off. It, it's unclear, but all we know is that they—they uh, they found the skull. They knew it was a human skull. And then immediately called in the force and, and started looking to see if they could find other remains. They did not yesterday, but they're going to spend the next few days combing the woods. Uh, yeah, it's it's unsettling to think that, you know what happened. Someone killed there, right? Was I a body I, dumped? I, I, yeah, I don't. That's
4: crazy because like I I would that's right by my house, and like the fact that that's going on in those woods is pretty scary. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, it's wild, yeah, right? But wild. you hunt in those woods.
4: Uh, most of the time. Yeah. I mostly stay close to my house. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not in that exact area. That's-
1: yeah. I was going to say, you might think twice <laughs> now for the next one, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for calling Nick. We'll, uh, we'll keep Thanks you informed. Having- yeah, you got it. Take Thank care. You. Take care. bud. All right. Everybody else hang in there. Um, so we're talking about uh, what they found in the uh, Pemberton Manchester woods and it was a human skull and now got a full on investigation looking for the rest of the body. So question for you, have you ever discovered anything so unsettling? Does it make you a little unsettled to think that there are so many things that go on in the world that never get reported, that like somebody is dead and missing a head? Interesting, right? Have you ever found anything bizarre like that while walking your dog? 1-800-283-101.5. And does it creep you out a little bit to know that that's in a... Jersey Woods, right in the middle of Ocean County. 1-800-283-101.5 It's 625. Eric Scott with your news in about four minutes. 637 on New Jersey 101.5. Good morning. I am Bill Spadio with you at 10 o'clock this morning. Talking Jersey taking your calls. 1-800-283-101.5 So they found a, a disembodied skull Human remains yesterday in Manchester along Route 70 right near Pemberton. And uh, I think it spooked a few people because, you know, huge police presence looking for the rest of the body. Unsuccessful so far, but you can bet that they'll be out there for the next couple of days combing the woods for any kind of evidence. As Eric said earlier, it is a crime scene. Um, And my question is, have you ever found anything like that? I mean, a little bit unsettling. You're out walking your dog and all of a sudden you come upon human remains. Um, You know, we've come upon plenty of dead animals, never anything human. How about you? Let's start with Tom on Route 1. Hey, Bill. Hey, Tom. So what have you found? So listen, my brother and I, when we were
6: younger, we were just kids. We were, behind our house, there's a little brook and a stream that there's a, a waterfalls that comes down, and there's like a bridge, so... We always walked the dog. We were looking over the bridge, and there was a whole skeleton. Really? Now, now somebody after so we we went, and we called the police, and the police came out, and there was a whole thing. They police wouldn't even let us. Like we were we were walking up there trying to look over the bridge to look down in there and see it again, and the police were like, "You kids don't want to see this. Get back. You don't want to see this." I'm like, "We're the ones that called you."
1: <laughs> what town did you grow up in, Tom? In Summit. Oh, it was in Summit. So what happened? So what, what? What? It was
6: at Brian's Brian's Park in Summit. There's like a, it's a little water. Yeah. So what we found out afterwards, what we found out was these college kids had gone to a cemetery and they robbed, a, I guess, like a mausoleum or something. It was they broke into one and there was two two bodies there. They were they were completely bones. Well, they tried to take the one, and I guess it was so old that the bones fell apart. But they were—they managed to grab this other one, and it was a whole skeleton. Apparently, they took it to like
1: uh, parties. Whatever oh my! Had, how it, gruesome!
6: Yeah, and it had—it still had some hair on the, skele- oh. on the skeleton.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Come on.
6: Yeah, yeah.
1: So now, was, what? What I, do you remember? Like, did they? Did the kids get charged? I would imagine they would.
6: I would imagine they yeah. did, but like we found out a while later, because we were like, whatever happened, because we didn't know if it was something yeah. that just happened or whatever. So, yeah, they they stole the body, and then they took it, and, and then after they were done with the party, they threw it over the bridge, you know, over and in, down into the water.
1: Now, but how long ago was this?
6: Well, uh, I'm 61, and I was about 10, 12 years old.
1: So, 50, time. yeah. Wow. It's just amazing, right? Like, what you know, what what, uh, kids will do. I wonder if anybody was charged. That's an interesting one. All right, Tom, did did it scar you or were you fine seeing that?
6: No, no, it was fine. Yeah, right? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Part of life, life and death. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate you, man. Drive safe today. Let's go to Ralph in Farmingdale. How you doing, Ralph? Hey, Ralph, can you hear me? I can hear you. There you go. Imagine breaking into a mausoleum and and pulling out a dead body and taking it to a party, the hell's wrong with people? Good grief! All right, so what have what have you found?
7: Well, this, first of all, this is Ralph from Mom and Speed Supply in Farmingdale. You-
1: oh, how you doing, Ralph? Good to hear from you. I'm
7: doing, I'm doing well. Yeah, good to, good to hear I can listen to you every morning.
1: Thank you. How's business, Ralph? How's business?
7: Business is business is get, getting good. The um, good. Our first shipment of baby chicks is coming in today. I love it. So we should have chicks, chicks available
1: for sale. Ah, uh, fantastic! I I um, I do hope to uh, get back out there in the spring and uh, stop in and say hello. I'll let you know.
7: Okay. Well, maybe maybe it won't be raining next time.
1: I know, right? How's the uh, and, and that walk you've got set up? What a, what a cool setup you have at your place. I love it. Yep. Yep. So tell anyway, me, what have you found?
7: Well, this goes back about. I'm I'm guessing at the date, but I was about 25 so it's got to be 55 years ago my uncle and i and my i think my wife was with us or my my fiance that we were we were fluke fishing in Tuckerton bay and uh and we were making drifts as you do when you're fluke fishing i spotted this thing looked like i don't know looked like a shirt or something and we wound up pulling up next to it and it happened to be a a whole a whole body uh, of somebody that apparently i found out later had drowned but uh it was decomposed partially. And uh, and I you said know, to my uncle, I said, what do we do? He said, we're not doing anything. We're calling, we're calling the cops. Yeah,
1: right. So, Don't do anything. <laughs>
7: yeah. So we called the police. And uh, believe it or not, they, they said, uh, they, my uncle asked, well, what do you want me to do? And they said, well, can you put a rope around it and tow it in?
1: No kidding.
7: And, and he said, no, I'm not doing that. So we, we we pulled it over to one of those channel markers, those sticks that stick in the mud. Yeah. And uh, and we took a rope and we tied it to the channel marker and then called them and told them or told them which where it was and and let them come out and find it. But it was it was pretty gruesome because half the flesh was gone off. Of yeah. It. It, it, it was
1: a Did you ever find yeah. out what happened? Like, was this a murder victim? Was it a suicide? Was it just someone who went went missing, or no? no.
7: What happened was it was a boat that had overturned in the, wow. in the, in the
1: inlet,
7: in the Little Lake Harbor. So, and and uh, they had never found, not never, but they didn't find the body. for the body years. floated into the bay.
1: How about that? We happen, to be the,
7: we happen to be the lucky ones to find
1: it. Yeah, there you go, right? Yeah, lucky, unlucky. It's with luck like that, right? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Unreal. All right, Ralph. Well, look, man, hey, keep me posted on uh, as the baby chicks come in. Spring is here. And we'll be doing. Uh, I, I would love to get you back on our small business tour and uh, and and get back out there and talk to all the guys. So we'll uh, we'll make sure we stay in touch.
7: Yeah, we'll have to do it on your birthday
1: again. There we go, Ralph. I love it. I love it. All right, man. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for the story. You take care, all right, Gary. Everybody else, hang in there. Um, you uh, have you ever found a body? God, I don't. I mean, it's a weird question to ask, right? I am actually shocked at how many people have. Discovered dead bodies. Has this ever happened to you? We were, got started on this because they found a um, a skull, a disembodied human skull in the woods off Route seventy in Manchester. What have you found? Walking the dog or just out fishing? Strange New Jersey, right? All right, Gary Scott. I'll get to you guys first on the other side. Right now, six forty five. That means fast traffic and instant weather coming up in just two minutes. Those temperatures will be a-tumbling over the next couple of days. Nothing like a little uh, cheesiness in the morning. You're welcome. 651. I am Bill Spadia. Talking about dead bodies. Man, there's a segue. There was no segue possible from temperatures to Wham! to Or Culture Club or whoever the hell that was that was we were playing. To uh, Dead Bodies. But I was talking about it earlier that uh, they found a disembodied head, actually a skull, in the woods in Manchester. And I thought, I wonder how many people have come across a dead body. I'm actually shocked at how many people have already told us this morning that they have come across a dead body in their travels. I would not think it would happen that often, but apparently I'm wrong. All right, how about you? Have you ever uh, come across something like that and uh, was it unsettling? What happened? Let's start with Evan in Linwood. Evan, you thought the dude was sleeping. Wow.
8: Hey, hey Uncle Bill.
1: How you doing, man? What
8: happened? Good. Um, so let me recount the night. So we're getting ready for dinner. Yeah. Normal night as always. We go out to dinner every Saturday. Um, and we're driving down the road. and We get to the stop sign. We make a left. And we get to a bend. It's got a guardrail on it. It, I live way back in the woods. Okay. Uh, I mean, there's not not too many houses around. There's nothing really around. And there's a guy laying under there, underneath the guardrail, but, like, on the side of the road. Yeah. Not, like, on the opposite side of the guardrail where it's behind it.
1: So he's between the road and the guardrail.
8: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I got it. I got it. And he's laying like like a dying Victorian child of the flu, like that has the flu, you know, with like the hands on his chest. And we're like, what is that guy doing? And so we drive by, and then we're about five minutes from where we saw the body, which we didn't know was a body at the time. Right. We thought it was someone sleeping under there. We're not quite sure why.
1: You just so figured some dude around? sleeping under the guardrail on the street. Was it cold out?
8: Exactly, yeah. Uh, no, it was not. It was the middle of the summer. All
1: right, so you thought he just could have been a drunk or something. Yeah, yeah I got it.
8: Exactly,
1: yeah. So what happened?
8: Um, so we, we're, we're driving to dinner, and then about five minutes on the road, we decided to turn around because our conscience got the better of us. So we turned back around, and uh, we passed him again. He was still in the exact same position. So we were like, all right, I guess he's just sleeping. And we never really we never tried to make contact with the poor guy. And it turns out that um, he was, it was dead body. He was killed in Atlantic City, and he was dumped five minutes away from our house or three minutes away from our house, wherever it
1: was. No kidding. Yeah, it's it's somewhat unsettling, isn't it? Yes, very. Right, like 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 somebody not only killed the guy, but then thought, let me let me drive him and and drop the body somewhere. Do you know if they ever solved the crime? Did they follow up? Did they find out who did it? I do not know. Yeah. Well, how many years ago was this?
8: This was fifteen years
1: ago. Uh, A while ago, yeah. So, anyway, what a story! Thanks, Evan. Appreciate you, man. Thanks, Uncle Bill. Have a great. Thank you, guys. Have a good rest of your day. Let's go to John and Mantelow King. So, have you ever found a dead body? How about a Christmas party? What happened, John?
0: Well, we were at a Christmas party. All the guys were outside near the fire pit, and the girls were inside, keeping mm-hmm. warm. And uh, one of the girls screamed that, oh, "Man, there's there's somebody stuck on the fence, or somebody fell." So all the guys ran back there, and there was uh, a young kid. What I understand, they came from a different Christmas party. I don't think this guy wasn't even invited. He just uh, stumbled back there. Uh, we found him impale, impaled on the fence. Oh my god! I, yeah, it was brutal. I I grabbed him by his hair, and I really had to
1: yank him off of there. Um, so you didn't just call the cops; you pulled the dude off the yeah, fence. Yeah. Well, we've talked. What were you paramed- thinking? Well, we
0: called up we called the paramedics first, and they said, you know. Get him, get him off there, and oh,
1: okay. They asked you to do it. Medical Got it. Part.
0: Yeah, yeah. And look at his wallet for a medical card, he didn't. He didn't have anything. And by that time, the you know the fire department came. Um, he was. It was such a weird feeling to grab a body that. It was yeah. really Cold outside, and he was like a ice cold.
1: So and, uh, what? What do they say happened? How did he get on the fence? Was well, he drunk? Was he like what happened?
0: Well, yeah, yeah. He came to the party drunk. Um, and he must have tripped and fell um, uh, on the side of the house where it wasn't lit too good. He tripped on a uh, crack in the sidewalk. Uh, it was like a full investigation. Where he
1: did he get impaled? Him. I'm trying to understand, John. It was it like a There's low a... garden fence?
0: Yeah, low, like a low, probably a three-foot fence um, with, the, with the spikes at six inch on center. And they were a perfect wedge right in his throat. Oh no, no blood or anything like that. It just was clean, um, you know, and it just, uh, he must have just suffocated right there.
1: So it went into his throat. Did it come out the other side or no? It was just there, probably just no, crushed no. his... Uh...
0: Yeah, it just crushed his trachea or
1: something. Wow.
0: Yeah, and the, the police came and we had to uh, all go in the basement. It was a full investigation. They set up an a, like an interrogation room in the house where we got
1: interviewed. No kidding. We were
0: there till like yeah, we were there till like five in the morning.
1: And what kind of questions were they asking you?
0: Like, if we knew this kid, if we seen him, uh, was he at the party long? Yeah, I didn't even see. He just he just walked back. He he just walked back. So
1: you guys didn't know who he was. No. I, and when you say kid, are you talking about eighteen twenties? You talking about little?
0: Yeah. Yeah. He was eighteen. Yeah.
1: Man, that is you know what? That that's nuts, John. What a what a man, you never forget that Christmas party. No, no, that was yeah, that was really creepy. Did, did the that was it your house or was it a friend's house?
0: Yeah, it was a friend's house. It, it really the family actually hired a private investigator after the uh, um the police did their thing. I actually, they found me on a job site, um, and I'm, like, scattered around. I have a business where, a contracting business, where I couldn't believe how they, I don't even know how they found me. But uh, they were questioning me again on the wow. job site. So they are really looking into it.
1: Wow. Um, when, how long ago did this happen?
0: This was probably about 15 years
1: ago. Yeah, a while ago. All right, man, I got to jump, John. Good to hear from you. Have a great All rest right, of your day. To you, man. You too, buddy. All Thanks, right, John. Appreciate you. All right, Scott, I'll get to you first on the other side of the news. 658 News with Eric Scott in two minutes. <music> 709 on New Jersey 101.5. Good morning. I am Bill Spadia with you till 10 o'clock this morning. I want to thank Bed Parks Casino and Sportsbook app for sponsoring New Jersey Chime Time every morning, every hour on the show. So, Manchester, New Jersey, right near Pemberton, Route 70, a disembodied head, well, a skull, and it got me thinking. You know, how many people have discovered dead bodies, and what a gruesome discovery! You're out walking your dog, you all of a sudden you've got a body. We heard that story about the Christmas party and the young guy who was impaled by a garden fence. Oh my God, can you imagine? It's just, it's nuts. And I, I told you, I've been, I've been following this Twitter account morbid knowledge and the stuff that they are able to show well you, you, take, take it for what it's worth when you hear that free speech is back because free speech is back meaning very few limitations on what you will see on uh, on these social media accounts now. Be aware of that with uh, with your kids and social media. There's some pretty gruesome stuff that's out there and none of these accounts are protected and you just, you want to be aware of that. But anyway, you know, guys walking, finds a skull. Massive police response looking for the rest of the body. No luck so far. They'll be out there again today. What uh, what have you discovered on your walking in and around the Garden State? Let's go to Scott in New Gretna. Morning, Scott. Good morning, Bill. How's it going? Good. How are you doing?
9: Yeah, good. I'm doing all right there. Um, it- not really traumatized by what happened. You know, what we saw, I mean, it was uh, about me and three or four of my buddies. And, I mean, I'm going back to when I was 15. I'm 53 now. So, it's a while ago. You know, mm-hmm. a little cloudy. But, uh, there was a guy hit on the tracks in South Orange Station. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Um, back to then, it was before they did the big reefer, but the, uh, they took out this Buick. Uh, the theater came in. It was all before all that. It was, yeah. I don't know if you're. I don't even know if you're familiar with the area. And you know, I'm from there, so. uh,
1: I mean, I am, but not not in the detail that you're giving for sure. So what? Where was the? Where was the body? How did that?
9: He had gotten hit by the train. I don't know. I really don't want to be too graphic because his family's probably still in near. You. I don't know, but he had gotten hit by the train reading the paper. Oh and uh, we God. were walking up. The investigation was already going on, so we were all on the tracks walking. The cops were not happy. Yeah, I bet. They actually came up to me and asked me if I wanted them to lift it. Yeah, they had like a white sheet over the
1: guy, and I mean, there was there was matter all over coming out. So, how does that happen, Scott? I mean, guy reading the, pa- he was reading like, the was paper,
9: like he, he, he? was reading the paper, and he
1: stepped. He was over the line,
9: and you know, when the express trains come through on that that rail, yeah, they would come through right next to the actual platform.
1: Yeah, and those they, those yellow lines are there for a reason, Scott.
9: Well, understand that you know. I mean, you know, people make mistakes, and this guy was this guy's last one.
1: Wow, can imagine. you imagine? Really
9: bad for the family cuz the guy was just on his woodwork.
1: Well, you think about that, right? It's just such a um, there was a there was a um, there's a video out a guy just got released 22 years old, had priors, driving 70 miles an hour, blows a red light, kills a mom and her daughter. And this just happened last week and, and the video is up and you, it's 3 seconds of video that I can't unsee now that I've seen it. So yeah. those are, the, right? You can't unsee that stuff. Did
9: you ever happen to watch Faces of Death when we were kids?
1: Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Remember we were that? We
9: little punk rockers, man, and we, <laughs> we were watching Faces of Death pretty much every weekend back then. Yeah. So, I mean, we thought we were desensitized. I, I, they didn't. The cop actually said to me, he goes, look, you want me to lift this? He was very, and he was just like, get out of here, get off the tracks. They didn't have, they were doing their investigation. There weren't even any EMTs left.
1: What, so Scott, was, when was this? How I, long ago? <laughs>
9: I was fifteen. Uh, I'd had to be maybe fifteen. I'm um, maybe maybe sixteen.
1: It yeah. So we're we're close in age. I'm fifty four. Uh,
9: no, nineteen eighty seven. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. So I was uh, so eighty seven. Yeah, eighty seven. I was graduating high school in eighty seven. Yeah. I,
9: yeah. All right. I got eighty nine for me.
1: So I'm. I'm, I'm All a little, right. So a uh, couple years younger. Yeah. But yeah. but you know things like that. I don't know. I, I mean, part of it you say people are a little desensitized. The other part of it, uh, people were a little tougher. Back then, if you ask me, I
9: think maybe because everything you saw was real. Yes, it wasn't social media. It was, and but that's the thing. I mean, hey, once the Romans started getting more advanced tablets, I'm sure kids changed. You know, eventually they opened the gate, and that was the end.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, here, I look, it, 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 we're we're here. I don't know what the word is. Is it desensitized, or have we just been completely dumbed down? But we we protect we, yeah. we I think we overprotect and we have a lack of reality we we don't show enough of the ugliness of the world like like to me that picture with the sheet should actually be shown far and wide as a reminder don't stand too close to the tracks like learn something from from someone's terrible tragedy
9: more. I'm sorry
1: go ahead no go ahead
9: I agree no I agree with you they should use social media more. For things that are educational like that, and I mean they will, but you know it, it'll it'll become a meme.
1: Yeah. Wow, <laughs> then, man! You know, I'll tell you, it's lost. I, You can still see it. I'll bet today, right?
9: Uh, I I, did, there, I think about it once in a while. Yeah, I'm sure you I do. What a little chump I was, you know, for the way I acted about it, you know. But of course, I'm being a badass in front of my friends,
1: you know. Yeah, but you were a kid. I mean, honestly, you know, you're 16 years old. You're, you're showing off a little bit. I get it. All right, man. Got to jump. Good to hear from you, Scott. Good
9: luck. Good luck with everything, man. All right. I'll see you again.
1: Appreciate that. You take care. All right. Everybody else, hang in there. Question is, have you ever come upon a dead body? Have you ever seen a dead body? I mean, other than a a viewing, have you, uh, you know, this uh, guy that discovered the skull, that's got to be a little unsettling. You don't know how old it is. I mean, is it 100 years old? Is it 30 years old? Did it happen, you know, a few days ago and the animals got to it? Has this ever happened to you? I'm shocked at how many Jerseyans have seen and come upon dead bodies. 1-800-283-101.5. What's your story of the side of traffic and weather? Next Arrow. 723 on New Jersey 101.5. Good morning. I am Bill Spadier with you at 10 o'clock this morning. Talking Jersey, taking your calls, 1-800-283-101.5. So, have you ever come upon a dead body? What's the worst you've seen out there? I, I only brought this up. It was not to be morbid, although I'm obsessed with this morbid knowledge uh, Twitter account. It is just awful, but I'm totally obsessed. I think producer Kristen's checked it out, too. It's You can't unsee it, but you can't not scroll and watch these videos or read these stories. And you will be fascinated by the bizarre and ridiculous ways people die. But I got started on this because they found a skull in the woods in Manchester. And I thought, have you ever come upon a dead body? Let's go to Bob in Long Branch. Hey, Bob.
10: Hey, uh, Bill. So uh, I was uh, 10 years old. It was 1990. And I was going to a uh, haunted hayride in um, Lakewood. And... We were on the uh, the tractor, and it was going very, very slow throughout the woods. And I was with my, my father, my mother, and two friends. And um, we saw in the woods um, somebody hanging from a, a gallow. Oh, my and, God. Uh, Wait. Yeah, my, 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 my father had said, oh, wow, they did a good makeup job. He was supposed to be part of the show. And sure enough, uh, as you said, that ambulance came down and, and cut, him, uh, cut him down from the gallow, try to resuscitate him. Unfortunately, he was dead. Wow. What had happened was there was a, a safety mechanism that failed, and he ended up uh, accidentally um, uh, killing himself. It was a big, big thing back then in Jersey.
1: Where was this? What town? Lakewood, and it was in Lakewood. So the guy was part of the show to scare the kids on Halloween. Yep. And I mean, that is that's frightening. You think about that, right? Probably a young guy.
10: Yep. Yeah, young guy, uh, I think uh, 19 years old, uh, between 17 and 19 years old at the time. Um, did, needless to say, there was a big, big screw-up because he they, they were supposed to have somebody there to accompany He was there alone. Uh, the safety mechanism failed. And I, I remember his face to, to this day, very young guy. Uh,
1: he was, not only was he young, I just i just looked it up, Bob. Um, his name was Brian Jewell. Cool. He was a yeah. junior at Tom's River High School, South. This happened in October 1990. Oh my God, that is horrible. That is horrible. Yeah. Wow. Well, well you know, know, that's something you can't unsee, right?
10: No, I, I, I see his face to this day. It was terrible. Uh, an interesting footnote to, to this whole thing is that he's, Brian is actually listed on um, a website uh, for actors that had died while, while on the commission of acting, like you know Vic Morrow and, and John Ritter and and Brandon Lee, all these these uh, uh, you know, famous people that unfortunately died while they were acting, and Brian is listed on on that site with them because he was acting at the time. Wow, the
1: event, so you know it's a nice gone. it's a nice honor. Uh, just a sad, sad story. God, Vic Morrow, I remember that he died uh, during the filming of Twilight Zone, if I remember. Yep, right. That's the right. helicopter the, during the Vietnam scene, um, he was decapitated. I, I I remember reading about that and thinking, God, that's horrible. And uh, but the the show went on. The movie uh, movie came out. You know with just some adjusted scenes. Amazing. All right, man. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate the uh, appreciate the story. Wow, that's a that's a shocking thing. You don't things you don't expect to see. But uh, to Brian David Jewell, rest in peace. What a uh, what a sad story. Um, And I'm sure you know the family. You don't you don't completely get over something like that. Peter, Steve, I'll get to you guys first On the other side of the news It's 727, Eric Scott will be back with the news In about 3 minutes 738 on New Jersey 101.5, good morning I am Bill Spadia with you 10 o'clock this morning, Talking Jersey Taking your calls, 1-800-283-101.5 So Talking about the skull That was found in Manchester Eric, any update on that?
3: No, and we won't have one for a while. I mean, it, we might get uh, some preliminary indication. Um, yeah. The next news might come if they actually find the rest of the body or anything else you know, in that area. But it's a massive crime scene right now. And that investigation... I and, Now, I,
1: is it always a crime scene when there's uh, human remains found? Is that just the default? Just because I, I hear skull and I kind of think of... You know, I don't know we, I guess we don't know how clean the skull was, how old the skull yeah. was,
3: no, and you won't know that probably for a while. I mean, you you have you know some forensic evidence that'll be that'll be gleaned from um that skull at some point. um is it always a crime scene? I can't think of a scenario where it wouldn't be okay um, because Fair point. You, you know it's just not common to find that you know and it's in New Jersey, we're an unattended death state too, so I mean you you, if, you, if it is what an unattended mean? death, um, then an autopsy is required. So, for example, you know, even if you were to pass away at your home, unless you were in hospice care or something to that effect, if somebody finds <clears throat> you dead in your house and you were unattended, in other words, there wasn't anybody there to say, oh, he had a massive heart attack, oh, he passed away in his or, sleep. Or, or, he he, or, or the mandolin cut yeah, right. yeah, a major he, artery. He got yeah, the mandolin. Right. <laughs> um, that's considered an unattended death it is investigated by police and an autopsy is required it's not automatically treated as a homicide but it is treated as an unattended okay. death
1: got it okay so that's a state law not every not every state is like that
3: i don't believe every state is like that but in new jersey it is i mean and even for routine matters you know you you know if you that's if, interesting you know police go and do a wellness check on a, yeah. a home and they find somebody deceased inside then there is an investigation because they want to rule out foul play. And right. often you will have police come out and you have to learn police speak and kind of read in between the lines. You know, individuals found dead inside a residence. There is no danger to the community. So that's suicide typically, right? Uh, it could be or it could be. Well, some someone had a heart attack. Just, or it and, wasn't yeah. somebody. It's, there's not a madman running around the neighborhood yeah, yeah, killing people. It. It must be
1: harder with, uh, with bones, I mean, a, a skull, because as you had said earlier, and you're right, so many people, I forget if this was off-air or on-air, but you're right, so many people watch shows like CSI, and right. they think that uh, you
3: can magically reconstruct who the person was, and what they looked like, and what their favorite pizza was. Yeah, which, you know, you can do facial reconstruction. The technology to do that through forensic anthropology, um, you know, has come a long way you have questions about how accurate that would be, but I mean, just based on bone structure and things like that, you can have a pretty good representation. You won't know eye color. You won't know hair color. Some of that information can be gleaned um, in terms of race or ethnicity, potentially gender. Um, so, you know, you can, you can glean a lot of information out of that to aid in the investigation. Obviously, if this was a homicide, the best thing would be to find the rest of the body. And, you know, as, as a lot of these investigators will tell you, if, if somebody either dies or they're left out, you know, in a, in a very rural area, animals may come in and they may, you know, break up parts of the body and carry things, you know, into other areas. You don't know. It, it's in At this stage of the investigation, all they know is they found a human skull. They don't know who it is. They don't know the circumstances around the death, and they don't know if the body is around. So, all of those are the initial questions that have to be answered. Okay. All right. Well, Eric
1: will certainly keep us posted uh, as we dig deeper into this, but it got me thinking has this ever happened to you? Have you ever come upon a, a dead body, human remains? Got to be somewhat disturbing, depending on the level where you are. Let's start with Steve in Deptford. Morning, nope. Steve.
4: Hi, how you doing?
1: Good. So what? Uh, what's your story?
4: Yeah, it was uh, a couple years ago I was fishing, and it was cold out. It was like wintertime. Most of the lake was frozen. But I found it looked like a body. Mm-hmm. And um, it was like rock hard frozen and just, you know, so I, I thought it was a Halloween decoration. It was like December. and yeah. um, I It was face down. So I went and got a stick and tried to flip it up so I could, like, just so I could, you know, prove to myself that now it's just a Halloween decoration. But I still couldn't tell. Cause it was like, I really it was so cold. Yeah. And I went and got a cop, brought him over. He looked at it. He called like three more cops. And then like 20 cops came and then they took my statement and stuff. And then they cautioned off the
1: area and that was it. So it was a body. Did you ever find out what happened? Who it was?
4: No. now I was like trying to look, I guess it wasn't suspicious or something. I don't know. I know that it was like by a train bridge. And I think a lot of, um, you know, unfortunately a lot of like addicts go up there and, uh, the, you know using stuff so I, I don't know if maybe somebody fell in or something fell off you know overdosed maybe first and then fell off i don't know
1: wow it's amazing right did you still fish yeah. in that spot yeah I, I do. yeah didn't didn't deter you right still uh, still you gotta see the image in your head right
4: yeah yeah i guess it was if it was like summertime it probably would have been awful right but since it was like it was like a really cold
1: December, yeah so there was no right? smell
4: right and it wasn't like it was like rock hard like i i was like hitting it with a stick pretty good because i was like no if this is a halloween decor, like nothing's gonna happen and right you know, it was like i, I was like I, I didn't i didn't poke the face though because i was like i'm not ready for that but um no yeah. like the body was just rock hard
1: there yeah. wild all right man thanks steve appreciate right. the call have a great rest of your day let's go to peter in piscataway peter this story sounds awful i i think of those guys on the back of the garbage truck often that that can be such a dangerous job what did you see
5: well, it was probably like 1972, 75, and uh, it was a snow day. We had off school, so all the kids were out. And we all knew the garbage, uh, you know. I mean, at that time, we were all friends yelling at us, for not taking the garbage out. So we knew him well, you know. Yeah. And uh, so we're having a snowball fight, and all of a sudden, I hear this loud pop. And I turn around, and the guy swung off the back of the garbage truck where they hang on to that bar in the back, and the guy was backing the truck up, and his head went right underneath the tires, oh. and just, I heard a loud pop, and I turned around, and my, I just took my breath
1: away from me. Oh, knowing. my God. How old were you?
5: I was probably like seven, nine, somewhere in there. Oh, um, God. so after that, like, that really
1: freaked me out. Yeah. You know? I, I, I that that's a freaky thing to hear this far uh, away from it
5: i was like three feet away he at the garbage man actually grabbed me picked me up and ran me up to like the house and dropped me and he he was never the same after that neither a poor guy felt so bad for him you know uh but it was
1: so uh, what happened he just didn't see him or it happened so fast.
5: No, I mean, he was, he, the guy was, you know, there, it was always early in the morning, you guys are out there. So he must have, uh, he hanging on that bar and he swung around down and he must have passed out or something. I don't know what happened to the guy, but just to turn there, I was like three feet away And to hear that pop and to see what I saw. It just totally freaked me out. You know, I'm an avid hunter and I see a lot of stuff, but. That was something that, like, really stuck with me. And when I heard these guys talking about this, I'm like, holy smokes, I got to tell them this story. You know what I mean? But um, that was pretty crazy. And I felt so bad for the garbage man guy because, you know, we didn't see him that much after that anymore. You know, really ruined his whole deal. You know? uh,
1: of course it did. It had to be. I mean, you ha- that is a hard thing to get over, right? You see something like that and then you're you're partly responsible for it. Not that it's your fault, but you were in- involved. Wow. And
5: it's the worst part is, like, every now and then that picture comes up in my head, man. I'm like, yeah.
1: <laughs> you know. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. You wow. Hear
5: stories like you're talking about, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, uh, well, thanks for
1: sharing it, Peter. It's uh, I, I think it actually helps people to talk about it because everybody's got something. And uh, when you find out that everyone else... Has seen something similar, you, you feel sometimes you feel a little better about it. Peter, have a great rest of your day. Thanks for calling. Uh, Dave, Robert, I'll get to you guys first on the other side of traffic and weather at 746. That's next. 753 on New Jersey 101.5. I am Bill Spadia with you at 10 o'clock this morning, talking Jersey. Taking your calls about whether or not you've ever. Come upon a dead body. I know it's gruesome, right? Sorry to to make your morning weird. But in Manchester, Ocean County, the uh, there was a skull found yesterday and had all the cops out looking for the rest of the remains. We don't know any more details than that. But it got me thinking, I wonder how often this happens. I am shocked at how many people have come upon a dead body. How about you? Let's start with Robert in Piscataway. Wow. Hey, good morning, Bill. Morning, Robert. Hey, so what have you seen?
11: Hey, how you doing, Dirk? I'm good. Hey, I got a good story. I got a good story for you. Before we start this conversation, run for governor. We definitely need you. But uh, Thank you, Robert.
1: Appreciate that.
11: You're welcome. It was back in 1989 or 1990. Me and my friend were uh, checking out this woods off of South Randallville Road in Discataway. And we're in the riz, and we came across this young lady. She was, she was dead, of course, and she was shot once in the chest. And they must have hit her in the head with a pipe or a bat or something because the top of her head was cracked open. And she wow. was definitely ready to no clothes on her at all. And the maggots were really infested in her lower portion. And um, it was, they, it was a, she was from Plainfield. And she was a schoolteacher. And I think it was her boyfriend, a quarter-boyfriend. And uh, I think they charged the boyfriend with the murder. But wow, when we went, we went across the street because back then when you have cell phones, and we uh, ran to this homeowner's house. I can call the police. And he's like, "Why? He said, Cause we found a dead body." And he's like, "No way!" And, and the cops never even questioned us, which is kind of weird. You know, That's interesting. They, like, yeah, yeah, they, you know, they didn't like you know, like you know, like you're involved or nothing, which. Kind of weird, but it was a horrible scene. And, I, you know, it was followed me for a couple months, but after that, I just got over it. You yeah. Know? Now, wait, how old were you? Oh, back then, 1990, I'm going to say, uh, what was it, about 21, Maria? Yeah, about 21. I think, yeah, about 2021. So
1: old enough to remember, to know, and to act. But, I, you know, I, it's interesting you say that, that you weren't questioned. I, they probably, once they figured out who it was, they had a theory. Yeah,
11: because, like I said, they never, you know, called me down and me and my friend at the police station and course how do we find it? Because we just, you know, we're in the woods looking for a place to hunt. And right, it right. was right off, right, it was right next to a stream. And you could see that she was drugging the woods because her hands were, uh, the rigging mortars kicked in and her hands were held back because they didn't carry any drug her in. Wow. And it was a bad scene. You gruesome. know, they put a bullet in her, they shot her right through the boob. And um, it was a horrible scene. It was it was bad. I, I had yeah. nightmares for a while. Yeah, it, of
1: course. Right? I, I, I my apologies on bringing up that you probably haven't thought about it in a while, but I, I got uh, to thinking because it it happens more often than I thought for sure.
11: Yeah, and and the thing was, it was of course it was in Biscataway, which is a pretty good town. You know, it's really safe, but. It's going to hell now with what's going on with this. Like,
1: well, Robert, listen, uh, we've got a we've got problems across main streets in New Jersey, and we are going to fix it. Help is on the way. Stay tuned.
11: All Guys. right, I'll tell you, Bill, uh, if you come across one, I hope you never do, but, it's, you know, that was a horrible scene. It like you just found somebody clothed and dead, but yeah. this one – murder, uh, tragic murder.
1: You yeah, know? wild. All right, thank you, Robert. Have a great rest of your day. Appreciate the kind words. Dave, hang in there. I'll get to you first on the other side of the news, which is coming up with Eric Scott in about three minutes. 8.09 on New Jersey 101.5. I want to thank Parks Casino and Sportsbook for sponsoring New Jersey Chime Time every morning, every hour on the show. I am Bill Spadia, and we're talking about the... Um, Skull they found, human remains, in Manchester in the woods. Uh, Apparently a hunter walking by kicked up this skull, reported to police, and they spent yesterday and most likely a lot of today looking for the rest of this disembodied head. Um, Not as gruesome when you think about bones, but there's a story. It was a person. Got to be a family Somebody's missing someone. So when you start to think about the personal, it, it has much more of an impact. But then I get to thinking, how many people have come upon a dead body? I'm shocked at how often that's happened. I mean, over the last uh, you know bit of the show, we've heard stories um, about um, people stumbling on dead bodies. Has that ever happened to you? We'll start with Dave on Route 78.
12: Hey, Dave. Hey, Bell. How are you?
1: I am doing great. So tell me. Good. What have you seen?
12: All right. So I grew up in Kearney, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, back in 1985. Remember Hurricane Gloria?
1: I do. Oh, okay. So
12: the day after Hurricane Gloria hit, me and my buddy Tom, we went walking down the railroad tracks through the meadows, which is the bootin line. It was the old bootin line, the railroad
1: track. Yeah, yeah
12: towards uh, Fraternity Rock. You know where Fraternity Rock is on the turnpike?
1: No, what's Fraternity Rock? I didn't know that. Fraternity Rock. is a big
12: mountain on the side of the east, eastern spur of the turnpike. That's,
1: that's what they, the they call it? Isn't that funny? I didn't know that's what they called it. All right, got it.
12: Yeah, they have, it's all like uh, fraternity symbols, spray paint. Oh, thing. I anyway, see. Okay. So we're walking out there and we're walking down the tracks and we're...
1: I thought it was called Snake uh, Hill
12: was called Snake Mountain, but not many people knew that. Everybody seemed to call it Fraternity rock. Right? That's
1: funny. All right. So that, we're talking about the same thing. I got it. All right. Anyway, I don't want to get distracted. Tell me, what'd you find?
12: Yeah. So we're walking along. We see this, this big black garbage bag along the rocks, along the shore. So we went and investigated it, and it turned out there was a body inside of it. It was skull. It was just bones and clothing. So it wow. we washed up from the hurricane, started up, and threw it up onto the rocks. And we were about, I guess, I was about 12 years old, and me yeah. and my buddy, uh, we were scared to death.
1: Yeah, of course you were. What'd you do?
12: We ran from there, full speed, about 10 miles to the police station in Kearney. I'll
1: bet. I'll bet. And what did, so what did you say to the cops?
12: Well, we walked in, we're like, oh, we found this body, and... At first, they didn't believe us because my friend Tommy, you know, he was like, oh, I found the skull that looked like this. He was making all these gestures. i like, the skull doesn't look like that. And I was like, no, it's it, it's, a, it's a human skull and bones. And so they took us down and it drove all the way down and it came all the way out us. we showed them. It, obviously, it was a body. They uh, put an article in the Observer about us finding the body, but no names because we were juveniles. At the yeah, time, yeah. You know? And, uh. Never, we never heard back. We never found out who it was. Yeah, there
1: was never any God, was I, w- I wonder if it's just one of those unsolved cases, right? It's out there. It happened. Who knows?
12: Yeah,
1: probably. The uh, my mother speculated it might have been Jimmy Hoffa, <laughs> <laughs> Pro- but probably not. But yeah. no, <laughs> isn't he buried under Giant Stadium? Wasn't that it? In the uh, in, mixed into the concrete, yeah, right. right? Yeah. All right, man. Dave, thanks for sharing the story. Appreciate you. Have a great rest of your day. Let's go to Earl in Bloomsbury. What's happening, Earl?
13: Hey, morning, Bill. How you doing? I'm How doing
1: you, great. Man? Thanks.
13: So I grew up in Peaberg, and uh, back in the 80s, I guess it was around 88, my eighth grade summer, the thing back here was tubing. We used to go tubing down the river all the time. Yeah. So we'd start up at Eddie side, you know, over on the 611 side, and then we'd go down to, you know, Carpentersville or something like that. So on the way, we get down towards the Free Bridge. And this is before they built the footpaths on the eastern side going to Scott Park from uh where Larry Holmes statue is and all that you okay. walk along the bridge. Yeah. So it was still kind of brush.
1: But you're talking you're on the as you're on, on the, the PA day. side though.
13: Yes, yes. So as we're coming down we see a guy standing there no shirt, brown jeans and he's fishing and uh you know of course it takes a while to get down to the river so we see him for a while and then we stop paying attention but as we got down to the free bridge we noticed he wasn't there and we hear a scream for help. So we started looking around, and it was just like a movie. We see a hand coming up out of the water and then going back down. No kidding. Yeah, it was scary. So then it was about ten of us. So we all stopped at one of the columns under the free bridge. And, uh, you know, we had some spirits in us, and uh, one of my buddies was – Pre tuned up, and he decided he was going to hop in and try to help find the guy. Well, we all ran up to the bridge cop and got him the call. So uh, they called. It took a little while for the rescue to get down there, but you know, my buddy was searching, and we were standing there screaming and doing what we could do. And then uh, search and rescue came, and we just stood there for two hours while they searched, and they ended up pulling the guy out of the river.
1: And was it the and, same uh, guy that was fishing? Yes. Isn't and, that un- uh, is that unnerving? unnerving?
13: Oh, it was. It was so sad, man. Yeah. It was. It was um, I remember his name and everything. They said that. What had happened was because uh, the current's pretty bad right there. Mm-hmm. I guess he got snagged fishing and thought he could hop in and maybe save his lure. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, it cost him his life, man. I remember his name and everything. And
1: uh, what was his name? What was his name?
13: Willie Brown Jr. He what? was in a pair of brown jeans. He's a Spanish fella, and uh, you know, it's just it, it was sad. The current right there is crazy.
1: It's There's weird a- that you can still see his face though, right?
13: Oh yeah, everything. Yeah. I can see the oomph coming out of the water. It was definitely, uh, I am want to say traumatizing because, I mean, I've seen a lot in my life. No,
1: but it's an, an, it a... impacts you and, and you know, it, especially when you're young, you see something like that and you, you realize just how how close you could be to a total disaster that, yeah. that you mean, know, must, one bad decision, right? He must have been a serious angler to go after a lure. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, or, or he just didn't think. I mean, I think a lot of people live in a delusion that you know, life is uh, not as unpredictable and dangerous as it, it really is. And, it, you know, something exactly. as innocent as the bank of a river of fishing. And, you, oh, you know, one minute you're standing there pulling it in thinking about how you're going to cook the fish for dinner. Next, you're done. Wild.
13: Yeah, ruined my trip, that's for sure. We yeah, I bet. That
1: all right, man. Thank hey, you, thank Earl. You appreciate
13: for everything the- you're doing for New Jersey. I really appreciate what you do.
1: Thank you, Earl. Thanks for saying that. Appreciate that. I'm going to keep fighting. Okay. Don't worry. Believe it. I'll be there with you. I, I appreciate that. You take care. All right. Everybody else hang in there. Talking about whether or not you've ever come upon uh, a dead body. And we have the the skull was found in Manchester in the woods off of Route 70 by a hunter. Uh, has this ever happened to you? Have you ever come up upon something like that? And what'd you do? one 800 283 816 Fast traffic, instant weather. Next. Zero. It's 824 on New Jersey 101.5. I am Bill Spadia. Hey, don't forget to check out the website. We've got our favorite delis across New Jersey uh, posted at nj1015.com slash Bill Spadia. Yesterday, we did the South Jersey version. Today, going up is the North Jersey version. Um, And, yeah, I decided not to do it north, central, and south. I know, I know, I know. Look, the legislature, by the way, got it wrong. There are not three sections of New Jersey. There's north, central, south, and shore. No way you're telling me that it's the same culture if you're looking at at Mercer County versus Ocean County or Monmouth County. Not a chance. Totally different. There's some overlap, sure. You know, places like New Egypt uh, certainly... Um, seem more, and I believe are, Plumstead, New Egypt, more central than shore. But, you know, you talk about Long Branch to Hamilton, completely, completely different world. So anyway, I I did the north-south. I think we decided somewhere around Edison and south, like Edison, Bridgewater, um, are around the line. So north of Bridgewater. I I don't know if we had any in Bridgewater or Edison, so I don't know that we have one, I think, and that was in north. We included the Bridgewater one in North. So, anyway, check it out. Uh, I I have long said that I think more than diners, and don't get me wrong, love a good diner. Uh, There are plenty of great diners. We've we've had uh, many lunch meetings at the Bridgewater Diner, Time to Eat Diner in Somerville, Uh, the Ewing Diner in Ewing, which provides breakfast every morning. My good friend Peter, who owns it, Um, but I think we are more a deli state than a diner state. Just my thought. But if you're looking for, a, you know, a great Italian sub, if you're south of 195, an Italian hoagie, if um, uh, or that or a cheesesteak, oh, hot meatballs. I'm thinking that now. I'd love a meatball sub. Melted provolone, I think. That's how I'd go with it. Not too much sauce, so it's all over here, but just enough. Enough bread that you get the, the toothsome bite. You know what I mean? Mm. Now I'm hungry. Anyway. What I want to mention on the other side of the news, uh, article came out the other day about the spots that burglars check if they break into your house, where they're looking for valuables. You might be surprised at what the number one spot is. I'll tell you that on the other side of the news and then ask you the question, have you ever had your home broken into? 1-800-283-101.5-826. Eric Scott with your news in about three and a half minutes. 838 on New Jersey 101.5. Good morning. I am Bill Spadio with Hill 10 o'clock this morning. Talking Jersey, taking your calls. 1-800-283-101.5. So, Eric, I don't know if you saw this article about, um, where, where burglars check if they break into your home. Yes. I was shocked to see the number one spot. Suitcases. I have to tell you, I, I don't like we unpack. Every once in a while, I find like an old toothbrush in a suitcase when I'm repacking, right? Yeah. Like, or or uh, when when there's a paper receipt or a bag check or something. Like, but I don't leave any valuables in a suitcase. Do people
3: do that? Is that a thing? Not that I've ever heard. I was surprised to see that. I I I'm, I'm, that is not where I hide valuables. <laughs> right. I mean, I you I, you know, I
1: have a safe. I mean, and and I don't know. You're gonna it's gonna take an awful lot for people to move. I don't see how you're moving it. Yeah, I don't see how you're cracking it. No, the
3: safe I have in my house, right? You're, you're not. You're not moving it. Not picking it up and
1: um, it up. The, the second spot is vases.
3: Who's well, keeping valuables in the in the flower vase? I do know people that have stuffed things into, really? into vases. Yeah, like yeah. what? Like jewelry or yeah, jewelry or just stuff like yeah. It's I. I mean, we have flowers in the vases. Well, yeah, and, and then there's water in them, but not all of them. I mean, if you have some in the hutch. That are not being used. Um, did we decide it was a hutch or a china cabinet? What cur- did we decide?
1: Curio? That was that was curio the, the curio. It was a, yes, the the vase in the curio. Yeah, I, I was just surprised. And then the third made me laugh because it was a congressman that got in trouble for this: uh, freezers, freezers. Yeah, putting valuables in the freezer. Like we, I mean, I guess if you look at some of the meat products that we have, that I, I consider <laughs> that more valuable than jewelry, right? Um, but remember that guy, Congressman, I don't remember where he was from. He was, they found like 90000 in cash in his freezer. And it was apparently ill-gotten gains.
3: I have um, a friend of mine who worked a job where they got tips. Yeah. Uh, actually still does. And takes all of the tip money and stuffs it in magnum-sized wine bottles. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> and then... When they need money for something, a project, they break a wine bottle.
1: So literally just puts it in so you can't get it out Correct. unless you break it. Unless you break the bottle. Yep. That's actually kind of cool. Oh, wait, this is it. 2005, Congressman William J. Jefferson <laughs> elected to serve in Louisiana's 2nd Congressional District. So he was there since 95. They have a picture of his freezer. There's the Pillsbury pie crusts. And then a wad of cash. Like, he's got $90,000 sitting in the freezer. I love that.
3: Is it better than gold bars in the closet and money stuff? Uh, is-
1: you know, I was saying, I know, Bob Menendez, <laughs> maybe he should have put the stuff in the freezer. He wouldn't have caught him. I don't know, maybe Bob. He should have been taking notes on this guy, how corruption works.
3: Um, yeah, I, I don't know. That's I, I kind of like that, like a piggy bank for adults yeah. with the wine yep. bottle. And it's the last time they cracked open a wine bottle, they had enough money to remodel their kitchen.
1: So literally just, now how does he do it? Does he stuff like a dollar at a time or whatever is no, left whatever at the, the end of the night? The
3: tips, so you know, whatever the tips are, you'll take whatever you need, and then the rest goes into the wine bottle. And there's five, tens, twenties, fifties. Sometimes there's a $100 bill in there. How about that? Thousands and thousands of dollars. That must have been fun to break that right, open. to break that open. How did they pick the one, or they just go one at a time? They just go one at a time. So this is the magnum yep. we're stuffing now. Yep. Once that's broken, we'll yep. start a new one. But I was shocked because I had filled a, huh. what are those, five-gallon water jugs, you know, like you get for the water mm-hmm. cooler. I had that for With change, coins. For, with coins. But yeah. never pennies, always silver, always silver in there. Okay. Um, and finally, it was full. Man, emptying it and getting it to a How coin How heavy was that? Was, I mean, I literally had to break it up into 10 different buckets.
1: Was it plastic or uh, glass? It was
3: plastic. Yeah. Okay. okay. So it was, I, like, I told
1: you, I've got the five-gallon... Um, Glass jars yeah. that well, we use, it's, just, it's heavy with water. Yeah.
3: So it, we literally cut, my boys and I did this when they were younger. <laughs> we cut the top off, and then we put it all into these little buckets, little white buckets. Yeah. Loaded it into the trunk of my car, and then we took it into the the bank used to have uh, the free coin counter. Yeah, how much uh, was it? And we had almost $4,000. Stop, change no in kidding. Yeah, yep. $4,000 in change. It was crazy. Yeah, that was probably 10 years to fill it? You know, I I so
1: rarely use cash, I don't have a lot of change. I was just
3: going to say that, is that I don't have, I, I have a little bucket um, in my closet where you know, I'll fill a little glass jar that kind of sits in the kitchen. And then when that's filled, I'll dump that into the bucket. I haven't taken that bucket to, I, I bet you it's been six years I think Wegmans has a Coinstar. One of them does. One of them is a ripoff because they take ten percent. Ten percent? You can go to the oh, yeah. bank; they do it for free, right. right? Exactly. Yeah, but I don't. You know, it, to your point huh. on where you hide valuables, I'm trying to think. I mean, I have heirloom stuff, but I don't really have a lot of valuables. I don't keep cash in the house. I was. I it's, you a, you know, it's funny it's, you I say that. Right? What do you have? I you mean, know, jewelry, right? So Sandra's got jewelry. Jody has some nice jewelry. A, yeah. yeah, and there's a safe for that for jewelry I have the safe for firearms but the heirloom stuff I don't know if it's worth anything or not I have no idea I it, but it's I, I would guess the firearms
1: are worth something I mean I've got a I've got a long gun safe that is tall mm-hmm. for rifles and um and then I've got a um I've got a lower
3: safe which is for documents and and handguns right and I and that's so, and I have a, a safe for handguns. I don't have any long guns anymore. I don't have them anymore. I have just the handguns. Yeah. And those um, those are in a safe. Um, and then we have a document safe, a fire safe. Yep, I've got that. You know, for, for that, the, you know, that's in, you know, in the, the, the house. The paper, the wills, the titles yep. of the car, that kind of thing. Yep, yeah. all that stuff. And then, you know, Sandra's got her jewelry safe. And you can't move any of them. None of them is gonna, are going to well, be in the But that's the thing. And, and, and it
1: says on this list. That the thieves go, number one, they check suitcases. I don't know if I... I would love to talk to somebody who's a thief. All if
3: my suitcases ever... are in the basement. You'd have to go in the basement and dig them out. I mean, I don't... I... Right. Now, but, and, and don't you unpack?
1: I yes. think people... This is implying that people use it. They're like, ha no one will check here. I guess. And they do it on purpose. So I would love to talk to you if you've ever uh, been caught as a... If you're a burglar, just serve time... Where'd you go first to uh, to break in? When you broke into the house, where did you go? This list says suitcases, uh, flower vases, freezers, office drawers. Now, office drawers, I get. I mean, that's that makes sense. Fifth on the list is liquor cabinet. I mean, you know, some of the booze is expensive, but I can't imagine that people are actually hiding cash and valuables in liquor cabinets, freezers, flower vases, and suitcases. What about you? Either side. Have you ever had your house broken into? 1-800-283-101.5 Or are you uh, somebody who had done some crime and did the time? Tell me about it. 1-800-283-101.5 is the number. 846 is the time. Traffic on by the next row. 852 on New Jersey, 101.5. I am Bill Spadia. Let's jump right back into it. So I was talking about um burglars and the thieves that break into a home and the number one spot they look at according to uh, reader's digest suitcases number two flower vases number three freezers so i thought let's ask if you uh you ever done the crime done the time what did you look for when you broke into a home we're going to start with joseph in manville who used to do just that went to jail and now turning his life around joseph welcome to the show
14: how you doing? Uh, I say, my name is uh, Joseph Kolsar. I'm 37 years old from Manville, New Jersey. And, um, yeah, back in uh, 2005, I uh, I got caught up in the opiate addiction, and uh, I was one of those criminals who uh, used to break into houses. Um, for me, pretty much, um, we used to just uh, break into the into the back window, go right upstairs to the master bedrooms and look underneath the mattresses. And uh, a couple of times there, yeah, we found cash there, um uh, say stole laptops, jewelry, pretty, pretty much everything, really. And um, eventually I got caught. I went to uh, Bayside State Prison in uh, Burlington County. Did uh, two and a half years. I got sentenced uh, five years, two and a half years without parole. Wow. Uh, I, I came home. Um, I got caught up again doing some more crimes. And um, right now, I'm currently on uh, a program called Recovery Court, and uh, I changed my life around. I was sentenced in uh, 2019 for uh, a drug charge, and um, yeah, now it's 2024. I'm on Recovery Court, and I'm actually about to finally complete first program ever in my life this April.
1: Hey, congratulations, uh, Joseph. How, how many years have you been uh, clean with the drugs?
14: Um, right now I've been cleaning, um, going on two and a half years.
1: That's great. Uh, good for you, man. Turning your life around. Yep. It's never too late. It's never too late. Joseph, let me ask you, did you, uh, what was your plan if you encountered a homeowner? It ever happened?
14: Um, actually, uh, yeah, one time, uh, luckily it was an old lady. So, I mean, luckily she, she was old, older and all, so she really couldn't do anything. But, um, yeah, I broke into a window and, um. Yeah, we didn't think anybody was home, and I went into the bedroom, and she was sound asleep, and she just started screaming. And yeah. luckily, I was able to get get out of the house fast enough before uh, she was able to call 911. Joseph,
1: how did you get caught? Um, how did you eventually get caught? Um,
14: yeah, I was uh, talking to my girlfriend at the time, and uh, well, I, I guess um, me and a couple buddies did it. And they got caught um, in uh, Essex County in Newark at uh, the drug dealer's house. And I wasn't with them that day, but when they got caught, they put a low jack in the, in, the, in the vehicle I was using. So the one day my buddy's girlfriend told me that she had to bring her father to the hospital and there was a low jack in the gas tank. And I guess the Somerset County prosecutors followed me to the house. And um, yeah, I got caught red handed pretty much coming out of the house. I see him pull up, I ran back in. I hid in the closet, and at that time, my girlfriend decided to call me. My phone was on ring. The cops heard it and caught me in the closet.
1: Get out of here, your girl. Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> yep. That That is, what, what what went through your mind when the phone rang? You're like, you got to be kidding me.
14: Yeah, I, mean, I pretty much knew point blank that i was pretty much caught as i said yeah. there was undercover there they they out a shotgun in there was, was it a was,
1: hide. was it a relief to finally get caught did you feel like i can get help or uh, were you pissed off
14: i mean i was pissed off at the time but eventually sitting in the in the, in the county jail and all you just you just gotta forget everything forget your family and all and just pretty much focus on yourself and uh And uh, and that's what I did. Um, So I went down to Bayside State Prison. I got involved in um, in, uh, doing carpentry program there. I was uh, in Narcotics Anonymous. And eventually, you say, when I went to prison, it was, I think, 2012 to 2014. I I came home in 2016. And uh, I, found, uh, I found a new girlfriend.
1: I'm still with her now. And uh, actually, next month in April, we're about to have a daughter. Hey, congratulations. So you got a lot to teach that little girl as she grows up about uh, the mistakes that people make and uh, how you can actually find redemption. Hey, man, Joseph, good to talk to you. And uh, good on you for being able to share the story and, and recognize that what you were doing was wrong and, and turn your life around. God bless you. We'll say a prayer for you and your family. All right, thank you so much. Take care. All right, Michael, hang in there. I'll be right back. 857, Eric Scott with the news. And just 909 on New Jersey 101.5. Good morning. I am Bill Spady. I want to thank Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook for sponsoring New Jersey Chime Time every morning on the show. All right, right, let's jump right back into it. So read an article uh, that was posted on the site, I don't know, a few days ago, uh, but it was talking about a Reader's Digest Top spots that burglars check when they break into your home. You heard from our last caller who had actually done some break-ins, served time. Said they checked the mattresses first. Well, mattresses were 10th on the list. Number one, suitcases. How about that? Let's go to Michael in East Brunswick. Morning, Michael. Hmm, I can't hear Michael. Hey, Hey, there we go. It's all good. So tell me what... what, uh, used to hide stuff around your dorm. Was there a real threat of break-in? Where'd you go to school?
15: No, I went to Monmouth University, and uh, I had just prescriptions that naturally people would want to steal. And my go-to hiding spot was the pocket and button-down shirts in my closet, because they would rummage through everything but the closet and shirts, I
1: should say. So, but how would you put a prescription bottle in a shirt? Wouldn't I mean, you're not talking about a dress shirt? What are you talking about?
15: Yeah, a dress shirt, collared shirt that has a little
1: front pocket. <laughs> would you put the pill bottle in there or were they like flat packs? No, they'd put the whole bottle there. And no one ever knows. Did you have a roommate?
15: Yeah, and he was the one I was trying to avoid having him find it.
1: Oh, that's funny. That's funny. So you were trying to keep... Now, are these prescriptions that were you were taken when you got to college, or were they prescribed when you were there? Like, did the guy know you were on something?
15: Yeah, I had them pre-existing, but I guess he found out one way or another. And I noticed some were missing one day, so I had to be proactive. And wow. I guess he wasn't smart enough to check my uh, shirt pockets.
1: Shirt pockets in the closet. That did not make the list. So I wonder how many people are going to be hiding valuables tonight. Stuffing hundred dollar bills into the uh, into the shirt pockets. Now, what about now? You live in East Brunswick now. Yes, sir. Yeah. What-
15: and uh, I wanted to make a note to anybody who uh, has fire safes. So I experienced a house fire. They do not work. The temperatures get over a certain point. We had all of our documents burned while they were inside the safe. So no kidding. A note to everybody out there, always have another copy somewhere else.
1: Well, don't the fire safes have a certain temperature that they will guard against and they'll tell you? But how how would you know? Like, what temperature does a house fire get up to? Uh, not sure. I know it's pretty hot, I guess. Um, what happened? When you were a kid, your house burned down?
15: Yeah, I was a uh, fifth grade. We had a tiki torch fall over on our deck, and then it caught the deck on fire, propane. Uh, it didn't explode because it has a special protection on so it just effectively became a flamethrower right to the whole house and then two townships were fighting over who's going to put the house out because one side of the street is east brunswick the other side south brunswick no kidding no the half hour
1: before and ready. you were you were in fifth grade and you lost everything
15: everything
1: what did you guys do what was the first place you went you, your parents were were there you were living with your parents
15: yeah, and the first thing we did was we had to go stay at a hotel. But uh, Bill, I'm sorry, I got to jump. I'm actually at work. I really do appreciate you and uh, keep doing your best and keep fighting the good fight. Bill, talk Don't, to you
1: soon. We will certainly do that, Michael. Thank you. Yeah, I get it. You got to go to work, but I'm curious now. Like, what do you? you know, what do you do? Your house burns down. First thing you do, you're. In, I mean, imagine it's it's at night. You've lost everything. You're calling out of work the next day. What if you can't? Has that ever happened to you? A house fire. We um, we had a small fire once. I, I I still remember it. That our there was a short in one of the outside lanterns we had on our driveway, and it uh, there was there was some. I think what had happened was it had. It, I think it was kind of a user error that there was broken glass and my dad had either put paper or a towel or something there so the glass would stay contained until they could get it fixed so nobody got hurt or it didn't go in the driveway. Anyway, it caught fire. And I remember, and I don't know who it was, one of my parents, it could have been a brother, like that yelled fire. And my immediate reaction was the house was on fire because I was asleep. It turned out it was just a lamppost outside. That was the closest thing we came to a fire. But then our house was broken into the thief took a, an axe in our garage and chopped through the drywall to get into the house. It was wild to come home and, and see that where some you, you feel so violated. You're like you know when, when you don't feel safe in your own home, it's one of the worst feelings. So have, has your home ever been broken into or have you experienced the utter displacement? of having a fire in your house. 800 283 1015 is my number. 915 is the time. Traffic and weather coming up in about 3 minutes. It is 9:21 on New Jersey 101.5. I am Bill Spadia. Yeah, I said 620. You know what it is I've had a lot of fun today. I could go back in time and do the whole show all over again. Well, every day should feel like that, right? All right, we're talking about house fires, break-ins. Have you ever had uh, that kind of a crisis at your home? Let's go to Jeanette in Old Bridge. Jeanette, so house fire when you were a kid. Tell me what happened.
16: Hi, so it was four in the morning, and my sister fell asleep with a cigarette. You know, before they made the cigarettes with the go-out paper. And the whole mattress caught on fire. Wow! And she had to run upstairs and wake everyone up in the house.
1: And what happened to yeah. the house? Did, did so? Your sister's running around. She knew she the cigarette. She fell asleep. Mattress catches fire. Was anyone hurt?
16: Uh, I lost a cat.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Now, what was it like afterward with your sister? Were your parents, like, was everybody at first, thank God we're all okay? Or was there uh, anger? Like, how could you be so stupid?
16: Well, my dad was really mad at first. But then, of course, he was like, you know, thank God everyone's okay.
1: Yeah. God, yeah. I, I, I can see that being a very mixed emotion. I think I would have been, thank God everybody's okay at first. And it would have evolved into anger later. Yeah. Wow.
16: My dad had a really hot temper. <laughs>
1: <laughs> was he, uh, uh, what, what was he, Italian? What was the... Uh...
16: He was a Marine.
1: Yeah. Well, Semper Fi. So, Jeanette, does your sister still smoke? Yeah. So there was no change in behavior, huh? Well,
16: I don't think she smoked in bed anymore.
1: Yeah, I'm sure of that. All right, Jeanette. Nice to talk to you. Semper Fi to your dad. Thanks for calling. All right, let's go to... Mary on Route Twenty Four. Good morning, Mary. Your house burned down too. Hello, Mary. Let's go to Bev in Bordentown. Good morning, Bev. Good
17: morning. How are you? I'm
1: doing great. Crazy stories uh, today, huh? Yeah. Well, we had um, in my I
17: think it was middle school or early high school.
18: Mm-hmm.
17: Um, we were robbed. Yeah. My brother and I were coming home. My parents were out in New York for the day. And we came in and we had a breezeway before we went into our house. Mm-hmm. And then the breezeway was a, a bedspread with a TV on top of it. No kidding. They thought We may have interrupted the robbers and that they were ready to take the TV out the back door. But when they heard us coming, they scattered.
1: How about that? So what did you do? Who'd you call first?
17: Uh, the police.
1: police. And did they, they ever catch the guy?
17: No, they never caught
1: him. Was anything missing or did you catch them uh, before they took anything?
17: Right. No, well, we didn't catch them. No, I think they were in the act of getting the TV. They, had, they got all my mom's furs and jewelry and
1: everything. Uh, wow. So they did get away with a lot.
17: Mm-hmm. How, did.
1: Who called your parents who were away in New York? Did the cops call them or did you guys call them?
17: Oh, we let them know. They came home that night. They were just in transit.
1: Wow, that's so, it, it's 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 traumatic, right? But then wait, you uh, producer Kristen said you you also had a house fire a few years later.
17: Yes, my, my senior year in high school, oh my, my mom had just refurbished the whole house. Yeah, and um, again, my brother and I were home alone, and smoke started coming out of the um, ceilings in the basement, and we called the police right away. I mean, the fire department, and they came, but the house, there was nothing left of the
1: house. You were in the basement. The house was burning above you?
17: The house was, the smoke started coming out of the uh, walls in the basement. And so we called the fire department right away. And
1: you got out. What, what started the fire?
17: I think it was electrical.
1: Wow. There's a reason for all those building codes, right?
17: Yes, there sure are. Yeah.
1: Wow. All right, Bev. Thank you. Thanks for calling. Appreciate you. Have a great rest of your day. Everybody else, hang in there. If you've experienced a house fire or a break-in, we'd like to hear your story. 1-800-283-101.5926. Eric Scott with the news in three and a half minutes. 9.38 938 on New Jersey 101.5. Good morning. I am Bill Spadio. We're talking about whether your home's been broken into. You've had a house fire. Eric, has that happened to you? I, when I was a kid, I was telling the story. We, uh, we went away, came back and, uh, thieves had axed their way through the hmm. drywall from the garage into the house. And I always thought about it years later. I'm like, wouldn't it have been easier to just kind of Break the door handle, or no, I'm thinking it wasn't like it was some steel reinforced door, but they chose to go through the drywall and um, they stole a lot of stuff. I mean, it was just, it was, it was jarring to come back from a vacation. And I was probably 10,
3: 11, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I have heard that there are a few things that are more personally traumatic um, than, you know, having your personal space violated with Mm -hmm. a burglary. Um, I am fortunate in that. You know, no, I've never, never had a break in at the house, and never had a fire. But I'm also crazy about the fire. Oh. I, 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 I Are you a fire phobe? I am too. Yeah, I really am. I, 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 I'm, i Are you will, a stove checker. I will get up in the middle of the night and go check the stove.
1: I do too. Yeah, yep. it's the crazy. It's one of the craziest things I do. Yeah. Yeah, I can't it,
3: break it. it it's, I, I I'm better. I can't break the habit. But I have, you know, because Sandra, uh, she'll get tired. She'll go up and she'll just go to bed. And she's, I mean, she's up the stairs and five minutes later, she's in bed sleeping. I have to physically check the locks.
1: Yep. Check the alarm. Yep. Make sure the gun safe is within a, if it's
3: dark and I'm reaching.
1: Like, yep. I go through a whole routine it
3: takes oh. me literally. You know, if I say I'm going up to bed, thirty minutes later, maybe I'm crawling <laughs> into bed because, and, and then I'll lay there and go, "Did I lock the garage?" Oh, so you worst. know, I get up, and go back downstairs. Do you lock the cars in the garage when they are in the garage i do not it's funny i do i've
1: alarm on lock the door the door to the garage is locked like it's just a whole but series have, of events um,
3: our garage doors the automatic garage doors they actually lock and i put the guard in so that they can't reach through the top and pull the you know pop the uh, the garage door open Oh cuz you have a window, right? I'm trying to remember. No, that. but you can actually you there it was I did a story It's a it red months chain, ago. right? you pull, you can right. pull it down and right. open it. But you can you can get what is the equivalent of a slim jim up through the top of the garage door to loop around that. Really? You pull it and the garage door goes open. So when I replaced my garage door openers a few years ago, I have ones that you you can actually they'll they'll lock So you cannot, you can't do that. You can't open the door. Unless you have the key to unlock the... It's a touchpad, yeah, from the inside. No kidding. There's a touchpad on the outside. That's a a great idea. Yep. So it it basically deactivates
1: the system. Yeah. And you can't... Well, I also now make sure that the key fobs are far away from where the cars are. Because I've learned they can activate them from the street. I don't understand how the technology works. But if if the key fob in the car are close enough, they can... Uh, open your car and then start your car.
3: Yeah. Yes. Which is nuts. Yeah. It's it, the um, uh, I I don't I haven't even and ever, as a homeowner. There's not much you can do if they're driving away no. in your car. You can't no. shoot them. You got to no. just no, no absolutely right? not. You cannot. I mean that that was that's another article that I that I wrote too is that you are not allowed to use deadly force in yeah. defense of property. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, in your home, if they're in your home, if you're threatened, you know, and you, the presumption is. If they're in your home, they intend to do you harm. Yeah, but you know, if they're in the driveway and they're driving away in your car, nope. Yeah, no, and, and it's go it to is Texas. Scar- to try that crap, right? <laughs> um, I mean, it is a scary prospect. I, you know, and yeah, it's, it's violating. Um, you said it like that's that's I, the I feeling. I know people who have had their homes broken into. Um, they weren't harmed. They weren't home at the time, but it still is traumatic. Yeah, traumatic. It's it's one of those things where it, you don't. I don't know that you ever give up, get over that.
1: No, I I, um, I use this example in the speeches that I'm I've been giving, talking about security, and I use the example of it was probably going back now five or six years. It was pre pre lockdowns. Um, there was a mom in Short Hills who her home video camera caught the whole thing on tape walking around feeding her baby the toddler is taking a nap it's probably noon and some perp literally kicks in the door Ugh. beats her up hurts the kids steals all the jewelry and you know a lot of my second amendment friends and look i'm a 2 A guy i was marine mm-hmm. i you know i built my ar-15 myself i mean i look i yeah. get it but they're right away they're like this is why we need the second amendment i'm like guys no hold on no mom walking around her house, which is going to have a six-gun yeah, on her right. holster, walking around yeah. her living room. Sure. It's about security. And I think we're seeing this. We've seen it in polling. I'm sure you're hearing it. Security and being safe in your home and community rising to the top of what's on people's minds. Yeah, I mean. They're, have, they're nervous. They should be. It's getting ever, bad. Have you ever been mugged?
3: No, I've never been mugged. Have yeah. you? I've twice. No kidding. Yeah. In yep. in twice. Manhattan? uh once in Manhattan once in the Home Depot parking lot in Ewing stop it what uh, happened yeah i was i pulled i had my old pickup truck at that time and i had pulled up alongside this white van and i usually park pretty far away from the entrance a to walk and b because i don't want somebody hitting my vehicle with a with a, a stupid cart. Yeah, exactly. Stupid carts, right? Exactly. So I I got out and I was in between this white van. Wait, daylight? And, yeah, broad daylight. Yeah, like lunchtime. Broad daylight. <laughs> in between my this white van and my pickup truck. And a guy approached me. And at first I said, hello. And he went, I'll take everything you got. Wow. What did you do? Gave him everything I got. Gave my he, cell he a phone, gun? He, wall. Have, he, he had something. He had his hand in his pocket of, so his, knows. of his windbreakers. Not so worth something. getting shot over. Wasn't worth over that. The. Fu- I'll tell you the funny story. I did call a friend of mine from the state police, went into the store, reported it, called a friend of mine from the state police. They were able to trace my cell phone, and they sent about four troop cars rolling up on this guy in a vacant lot in Ewing, and I wound up getting all my stuff back.
1: Wow. How about that? Yeah. Did the police say that's the right thing to do?
3: Yes, give it up. Yeah, just yep. just don't. Yep. And it was the same thing. Good. It was it was late at night coming home because um, I was working in the city at that time. And it was, you know, I, my shift ended at 5 o'clock in the morning. And I was walking through Times Square on my way to Penn Station. And a guy. What year me. was this? I mean, this is before Rudy, right? This was before. Um, this was they cleaned just it up. about the time that they were starting the cleaning Okay, so it was still bad. So, yeah. Because Times was, Square was a mess. Yeah, Times Square was a mess. It wasn't like the red light district before Disney moved in and yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. all that. But it was in that transition period. Yeah. And it was the same thing. I just- got a gun, I, knife or I, you just give me your again, stuff. Again, don't know, came up from behind. That one. Uh, that guy came from behind. Yep. <sighs> Man, that is unsettling. Yeah. All right, it's 945.
1: Janice, I'll get to you first about your home break-in story. And uh, I, I think uh, if we run out of time, I want to talk about this tomorrow. Have you ever been mugged? Wow. one 800 is the number. 945 is the time. Traffic on with the next. I am Bill Spady. I got to get out of here. I have time for one more call. Let's go to Janice in Whiting, who uh, had her house broken into. Hey, Janice. Yes,
19: good morning, Bill.
1: Morning. So what's your story? Good morning, yes. Yeah.
19: Yeah, so my story quickly is my husband and I were young, uh, first-time buyers of a home, and we had gone out very early in the morning to uh, one of the local, like, Home Depot Lowe's to get some things. When we came back, our house had been broken into. They came through the back sliding door. uh, They broke the window Mm -hmm. in the bathroom and then, I guess, jumped through and then opened the slider and then ransacked the house they took jewelry and cameras and all kinds of things. So when we got home, we obviously found what happened. I was hysterical, but my quick thinking husband, and he was always like this, uh, Mm -hmm. he took diatomaceous earth that we had for our pool at the time Mm -hmm. and he sprinkled it all over the lawn. And when the police arrived, they were able to uh, follow the footsteps to our neighbor's home. They found out they arrested the son And it turned out that he did 33 burglaries. They got him and his girlfriend. How how old old were they? Uh, They were in their early 20s. I I think he was 20. Janice, just so
1: I understand, what's the diatomaceous? Is that like a, um, is it a white powder?
19: Yes, it's a white powder that you use for filtration in your pool. Uh, That was brilliant. Isn't it crazy? Yes. And the cops were John, they they didn't think of that themselves but obviously he did and he he quick thought it and uh honest to god it was it was crazy i was hysterical forget it wow. i was used to anybody how old certainly,
1: how was. old was the robber how old was the neighbor's kid
19: uh he was 20 and wow. he was 19
1: can you imagine did they and they, i imagine they were convicted
19: oh they were convicted oh yeah yeah did oh, yeah. they do time and, uh, no, they didn't do time. I guess because of maybe in the t- in that day, maybe yeah. because they were so young. But
1: you got all your stuff returned.
19: No, I wish I did. No, I they. Uh, I don't know what they did with it, whether there was somebody there that took it from him. I yeah. don't know. We got back the cameras. But, again, we were very young, so the I know. product wasn't, you know, it wasn't really valuable. But, but what you said before about being violated, oh, my God, I made my husband... Um, totally um secure the whole yeah. house we got you know we got our uh, alarm systems and you know central dial and all that stuff and just it was like fort knox after that
1: we we did the same thing uh it's smart janice i have to go best to you and your family thank you it was nice talking to you all right guys gotta get out of here this is a little trip back in time i'll be back tomorrow 6 a.m enjoy the rest of your day
8: To the Bill Spadia Show on demand. Don't forget to check out the latest online from Bill Spadia on our free app or NJ1015.com.